Football is back, and BetMGM is inviting new customers to join the huddle and enjoy the action like never before. Sign up today using bonus code CHAMPION, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. You'll also have instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, player props, and boosted odds specials. Just download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code CHAMPION and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. The Bet MGM app is the perfect way to experience the excitement of wagering on live sports now in more markets than ever. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful amazing episode of the fat minute i am your host six-time world drop ball champion don john joined tonight by my illustrious co-host the world's most generous lover bvj hello <laughs> how you doing good good we're we're clo- we're getting really close to the end of this uh this decade retrospective um you know it's funny we we st- i forget when we started doing this decade but I remember we were like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll, if we do an episode a week of this, we'll be done by uh, we'll be done by the middle of June, and life just went, huh, psych. Yeah, yeah. But, hey, that's okay. Yeah. That just means um, we get to stretch this whole deal out a little bit longer. I'm, I'm looking forward to moving on, though. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, this has been fun and all, but I don't know. The retrospective of the 2000s was... It just had a little bit more. I guess. I guess, especially the latter half of the 2010s, just hasn't had enough time to become nostalgic yet. I think. I think I'll also. Yeah, the true. I think I'll also be looking forward to episodes with like a more unified, singular topic. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. for tonight, we're we're continuing on with the year 2018. So let's jump into the news of 2018. We'll start off with the Parkland High School shooting, and uh, I believe that was in Florida. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, we've we've talked about a couple of mass shootings in this decade, you know, doing these retrospectives, especially in this decade. Um, and it seems like each one brings like a new angle and a new like chapter to the argument of gun violence and gun laws in America. But this one, it really hit a new low in a lot of ways because this was when people started legit telling survivors and calling survivors to their fucking faces that they were crisis actors and that it didn't happen at all. And that was like the thing that stuck out the most to me with this thing, because it got to the point when this, when a lot of high school students were like starting to organize and protest about gun violence and gun laws. And it's just like, you, your kids, you should be like in biology, not worrying about like doing this shit so you don't die. Um, yeah. So that was bad enough. But the fact that you have fucking people telling kids, your friends didn't actually die. You're just an actor. This didn't happen. Like, yeah. it that it was just really fucking disgusting to me, and it just brought things to a whole new low in regards to this whole thing. Yeah. Um, I remember how, how mean, you know, people were to Emma Gonzalez, 
the one girl with the shaved head, um, making fun of her for having a shaved head um, because no other girl before before her ever did that. Apparently, I think conservatives I mean, uh, ever since that incident on uh, Saturday Night Live, I think all conservatives think every girl with a shaved head is Shanae O'Connor. Yeah. Well. And then, um, and if you yeah, don't know no, what in, if you don't know what incident I'm looking up, <laughs> if you don't know what incident I'm talking about, go look that up. Yeah, um, but yeah, I just I, uh, and then they especially like David Hogg. I remember there was two main talking points against David Hogg. One, they would say he wasn't even in school that day. Um, to that, I'm like, even if he wasn't, first of all, I, we, I, I've I've never. That doesn't fucking matter. Um, he still lost friends who died. Mm-hmm. Um, he was still impacted by a tragedy. And then Laura Ingram on Fox News um, started mocking him for the fact that she was able to dig up that he had applied to different schools and he wasn't accepted yet. What does that have to do yeah. with anything? Yeah. Um, and and but yeah, no, it's it it, it was an it. It was an all-time low for America to not just mock people who were, you know, um, uh, you know, gun activists or anti-gun activists, um, but to mock survivors of gun violence. I mean, it, it, it I don't know how it just keeps getting worse, but it did. Um, I don't know. It's there's a lot of emotions, but it's hard to put into words. And I guess I don't have much more to say than proud of the kids, really disappointed in a lot of adults who had hot takes on it. Yeah. Um, You know, I guess it was like, I guess it comes down to if anyone should be allowed to have an opinion on a certain event, it is the survivors of said event or the people that were, you know, directly impacted by said event. And if you're just some nobody in Western Maryland, for example, um, who, you know, you either support them, out. you either, <laughs> no, <laughs> you either support them and hear them out or um, you shut the fuck up. And yeah. that's all I have to say. Yeah. All right. We'll move on to the next one. The wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And I remember when, you know, I, in an earlier episode when we were doing one of these retrospectives, we talked about the previous ro- royal wedding with uh, Kate Middleton and just how the second she, like, became a thing, like, in, in the public eye, the press just fell in love with her and just put her on this pedestal and painted her as, like, this angel. And I'm not saying that to be, like, she's a bad person in real life. I don't fucking know her. Um you know, I'm sure she's a nice woman all around, a nice person. Um, but I, I mentioned that to contrast the second Meghan Markle entered this picture and became, you know, part of the public eye. Polar opposite from the fucking get-go. Like, mm-hmm. whereas Kate Middleton could do no wrong, Meghan Markle could do no right. Like, and it was just immediately from the get-go, like the press and just were doing anything they could to paint this poor woman in any sort of negative light. And of course, you know, considering that Meghan Markle is mixed race, there was a lot of accusations of racism. 
in re- as the reason behind that. And then, of course, you know, the people who were doing the bad, pr- giving her the bad press for saying it's not about her race, but it's like you would look at like, I remember seeing side by side comparisons of her doing the exact same thing as Kate Middleton, like side by side comparisons. Even there were even like moments where they had like pictures of them doing the same exact thing and articles of that thing by the same same uh, organization, same newspaper, yeah. same you know press organization and everything. And they would give Kate Middleton praise for doing it and give Meghan Markle shit for doing it. And it's just yeah. like, if it's not about a race, then what is it about then? Like, what has she actually done? Um, and they tried to say it wasn't about race, but, you know, I, I legit heard people, you know, when they were gossiping about it, I legit heard more than a couple people say, you know, I would have thought the royal family wanted, would have wanted to keep the bloodline pure. <laughs> And Ooh. yeah, if that's not enough to make you go yikes, I don't know what is. Um, yeah. And it's it's just really a shame that it that it happened, and it just really split that family apart. That you know, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle both fled to the U.S. and they're just like they don't want anything to do with that family now. So it's just it's a shame to see something like that happen to anybody. I mean, yeah, it was like observing a um. A, uh, a gender-swapped uh, role reversal of Get Out, but uh, with more twists in it. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, should it really be that surprising that um, there's racism uh, around uh, the British monarchy? <laughs> um, I guess not. No. Um, but, yeah, no, it's just... I, I I, uh, I I know it's hard to talk about it just in the year 2018 because it didn't happen until later. But I mean the the interview between them and Oprah Winfrey um, was was really disheartening. Um, just uh, I don't know I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like it's shitty. It's fucked up. Um, but I'm glad that they had the courage to leave to just get out of it. Um, and, uh, it just reminds me of one of the dumbest tweets of all time being that, um, uh, it's mathematically impossible. According to Candace Owens, it is mathematically impossible that racism could have played a part since she is only, uh, what 25% black and her child would only be 12% black. And it's like, what are you talking about? Um, you know, I, I forgot that, you know, every racist carries a calculator on them and uh, does some uh, some quick percentages before, you know, they decide whether or not they can harass somebody. But, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just uh, more disappointment in the human race. That's a light way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Well, then we'll move uh, on to the last. Oh, do you have something else you want to add? No, 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 you're good. All right, well, then we'll move on to the last news event of 2018, the North Korea-U.S. summit in Singapore. Um, first time that the leaders of North Korea and the U.S. had, you know, ever met in person. Um, and uh, it's kind of a damn shame that the president we had was the one who who, who set that record. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, you know, the, just the kind of the background to this thing. I mean, I remember shortly before this, North and South Korea were having meetings and talks and, like, you know, for the first time in since like the that that peninsula had split, 
they were talking to each other and there was, you know, kind of like, you know, like hopes and talks of, you know, finally maybe getting some peace in that region. And, uh, it, the, the main thing that really stuck out to me when that was happening was like, is anybody else concerned that North and South Korea are talking and the U S isn't even at the table? Um, yeah. <laughs> is anybody else concerned by that? Um, but mm-hmm. then this happened, North Korea and the U S met and it's, I, I really don't know what to think of this meeting. I mean, on the one hand, it's great that talks were opened for the first time, finally. Um, but on the other hand, I mean, I just don't think it really accomplished anything. I think Donald Trump got way too much praise by too many people just for the fact that it the talk happened. Because I was just like, what did he actually do? Like... I had somebody legit try to tell me that Trump deserved the Nobel Peace Prize for this, and I was just like, "But what did he do?" I mean, yeah. I yeah. mean, I know there were talks of you know the Korean Peninsula, you know, going through the process of de- denuclearization and you know stuff like that, but it's just like it didn't actually happen, though. <laughs> I mean, just they still very much uh, would very much like to throw throw a, a bomb or two over here if they could. Um, so it's just, I guess on the one hand, it's nice that talks happened, that the table was open, but I, it just didn't accomplish anything at all. And I, it it just makes me go, what the fuck was the point? (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah. Was this before or after they were having their Twitter war with each other where like Donald Trump tweeted out that he, he called him like fat and whatnot. I don't know. I I feel like that might've been like shortly after. I don't know. It all kind of blurred together. Yeah, that's my problem. I don't know if he did that before, or, but um, I mean, yeah, he was like really trying to antagonize him. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. That shit just made me so nervous. I mean, like, just the image of them standing right next to each other in front of both their res- respective flags. Mm-hmm. You know, to to go back to like twenty. 2014, 2012, 2010, and just show anybody that image so, so they could be like, what is this? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I do know that, like, the whole day, and I'm sure they only met for a day, but the whole day they were meeting, um, I know, you know, we always tried to, we always enjoyed roasting them, and and in a way we almost rooted, not not rooted, but we almost awaited the next dumb thing he said, but that entire day, I was like, if I ever need, if I ever needed a whole day where I needed you to not say something stupid, it's mm-hmm. today. Like, yeah. I need you, I need you to not fuck up when you talk today. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I'm just, I, I'm just glad we we don't. I'm glad that's just a thing that that can't happen right now again. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, and that was that was another thing about it. Like, I don't know how I want to word this, but like the meeting was set up without any sort of like preparations made at all. Like, it really just seemed really just slapdash thrown together. Yeah. Like it, it felt like we we were going in there with no sort of you know um, advantage or anything like that, and I'm just like what is the point of this thing and what is, what did it accomplish? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't feel anything from it. Um, 
I, I don't know. That guy, that guy just makes me so nervous. I, both of them do. Yeah, I, was but, say, um, I was about to say, you're going to need to clarify a little bit. Yeah. Well, I guess the, the guy that still has uh, political uh, power right now does more. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no. So that's all I got to say, really. Alrighty. Well then we will move on to movies of 2018. We'll start off with a bit of a fun one. Venom. A movie that had been kind of talked about ever since like, what, 2006 when Spider-Man 3 came out. They were like, we're going to do a Venom. 2007. Yeah. They were like, we're going to do a Venom solo movie. And, Everybody was like, "Well, please don't re- please please don't bring back Topher Grace." <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know, it was weird having a Venom movie that has no connection to Spider-Man at all. Um, but just from the get-go, I just got the sense that everybody involved with this movie, from Tom Hardy to directors, writers, everybody involved with this movie, really enjoyed being a part of this movie. Um, and I think when you watch it, it shows like you could tell Tom Hardy's having a fucking fun time in this movie, um, which is great. And I will say that I think the people behind this movie loved Venom, the character, way more than Sam Raimi ever did. Like, even though this movie lacks that Spider-Man connection and that connection to the greater Marvel universe, it it still is very true to the character much more than Sam Raimi was. Um, Like, I like how this movie really um, did a much better job with presenting the symbiote of Venom and Eddie Brock as two separate entities and minds and having them like converse and argue with each other on stuff. That was great. Um, Like the, the character wise movie knocks out of the park, in my opinion. Plot-wise, it's very, like, it's just loud and generic and just kind of whatever. It Overall, it's a pretty mediocre movie. Um, but with the sequel coming out here in a couple weeks, it actually got pushed up. And, you know, what? It look, I've, I've, just based off the trailers, I think it looks awesome. Um, I mean, it really is the movie they should have made the first time around, but it looks awesome. They got the perfect dude to play Carnage. And so I'm looking forward to seeing Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy. Um, but Venom, the first one, it's all right. You know, it's, it, it is what it is. And I mean, there's been talks since this movie of getting Tom Hardy's Venom in the MCU, which, you know, if they managed to make it happen, I'd be all about it. I, to this day, have still not seen Venom. Um, I decided when I was seeing the trailers that it was a skip. Um I just, I mean, I thought, I thought like Venom himself looked cool. Um, I mean, minus like the big white logo on his chest. But when I first saw him in that, I think it was the second trailer that premiered Mm -hmm. where, you know, he said, we are Venom and Mm -hmm. the guy screams and the trailer ends. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, looks like Venom. Yeah. Um, But when it came to that first teaser trailer, I thought it was absolute garbage. And like, and I'm not talking about it is a teaser in every sense of the word, like, it was just showing footage that could have been from anything. Yeah. It really reminded me of a fan-made YouTube trailer um, uploaded in 2016 for a movie on IMDb that didn't come out for another like four or five years. Yeah. Um, it, it really had that energy going for it. 
Um, as far as the movie itself, I just genuinely did not give a shit. I, I was, and I was proud of myself. It was, it was Transformers four and five all over again. I was, I was very proud of myself that I was able to be like, you know what? I'm good. I don't have to see every single thing that comes out. And I saw the, the end credit scene. Um, the wig was absolutely terrible, but the casting itself, I was like, all right, that's, that's pretty solid. That's pretty good. But I had to side with, you know, what you said and what I, I heard Michael say, if, you know, um, before too, where it's like, why didn't they just make that movie? Like, I didn't need to see like Riot or Rampage or whatever he's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and who's played by a really good actor, you know, the, the sidekick from um, uh, Nightcrawler. And he's also the main character in Sound of Metal, uh, Riz Ahmed a terrific actor. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that he was in that, I'm like, dude, like is the director, your cousin or something? Like, did you owe somebody a bet? Did, you, <laughs> did, did, did somebody, did you owe somebody a favor? Like, why are you wasting your time with this? But yeah. So, I mean, if anything, there's a good chance I'll just watch the second film um, and never bother with the first film, mainly because like, I already know the gist of the majority of it. I still did theater checks. I had to, you know, go in a few times. Um, it's all, it's mostly been spoiled for me. Um, I'm surely not going to see the second one in theaters. Like I'll wait until it's streaming on whatever, but yeah, knock, knock, let the devil in. <laughs> I mean, go ahead. I, I, I got to give them credit on that. They did bring back the, um, the the trend of the music video that takes place in the same universe as the movie it's for yeah yeah i mean hey you know what in all honesty if you ever have just like a random day where you just got like two hours to kill you got like nothing to do and you're just bored i'd say go ahead and watch it like you could still have it's still a movie you can have some fun with there's still some mm-hmm. there's there's still a decent amount of uh of great moments that you, you can you can have a good time with in, in it but that's just my opinion. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That didn't feel backhanded or anything. I, I man, I already gave you my answer. <laughs> <laughs> You're a real buster, you know that? Yep. All right, well, we'll move on to next movie that came out in 2018, Ready Player One. That was a big popular movie. That unfortunately I missed. I, I didn't see it. Still haven't seen it to this day. Um, it's it's just another one of those movies on that constantly growing to do list of mine. Um, but it was it, like I remember there was a lot of hype around it, and then it happened, and then I just literally heard nothing about it ever again. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so I guess maybe here's your chance to, to return the backhand, but I guess what I would tell you about ready player one is what you just told me at the end there about venom. Like if, if you have some free time, if you have a couple hours, go ahead and watch it. It's still a fun time. It's enjoyable, but yeah, no, like I, I know that the book is very popular, especially in like, you know, nerd and geek fandoms. But, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the whole thing is very much like a love letter to the eighties and, and, you know, the era of Back to the Future and, you know, Nintendo and whatnot. Um, I uh, I had no hype for it. I, I remember, like, the teaser trailer that came out. And I was like, wow, it looks 
it looks too CGI. <laughs> I guess you could yeah. say like, but then like, it's supposed to look like that because the parts where they're in the virtual reality are literally all CGI. And I'm like, okay, th- that's a little bit better than trying to do this hybrid of like, Oh, it's live action, but not really. And it's like, no, you're just having it mostly be CGI. But if it's just straight up, like, okay, this segment of the movie is completely CGI. That just seems a little more honest to me. I, I, I guess it's weird to explain, but no, I mean, like, it, it took me back to a time when it was okay for there to just be a single movie that was just fun for the sake of being fun, yeah. you know? And it had, like, you know, a, a message of, you know, friendship and always look out for your true friends, your buddies, and take care of one another, um, maintain that human connection. Um, but, no, I, I think it is a admirable movie. It, it's – on one hand, it is kind of weird that Steven Spielberg made it because – the whole the whole IP, the property, the, the story is supposed to be attributed to Steven Spielberg. So it kind of seems a little <laughs> egotistical that he got to he got to direct the tribute to himself. <laughs> um, you know, it's like that that meme of Kanye looking at a picture of Kanye and just smiling with a tear in his eye. But um Well, JJ yeah. Abrams already did Super 8, so they didn't they didn't want to get him. Okay, well that's fair. That's fair. But on the other hand, they, the other maybe hand, they maybe they also got a preview of the of the Rise of Skywalker script. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, he he got to make like again the whole thing is like a cover song. Uh, it's like a cover band for that era, and they got like the main original OG rock star of that period. But but the better part is it's without a doubt the most fun movie Steven Spielberg had made in a long time. Like before then, probably the most fun movie he had made was Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And I'll let you think about what your opinions are on that movie to yourself. But yeah, that was probably the last time Steven Spielberg had fun because since then it was war horse. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure this was a lot more fun than Lincoln. Yeah, for sure. For sure. He (laughs) definitely fell in. I mean, other than like the adventures of Tintin, um, which I still haven't seen, but I'm sure it's okay. They, they never made it 10 years later and they still haven't made that <laughs> sequel. That was like, basically him and Peter Jackson were supposed to take turns. Like I'll make the second one. Well, I'll make the third one again. And then I'll make the, you know, it's like, okay, all right, wait up. So that was a lie. Um, <laughs> but no, ready player one. And also um, there's the segment where they recreate the shining mm-hmm. Um and it is, it's cool. It's cool. Like some people like critique it as being like cheap and like, you know, artistic betrayal. And it's like, just shut up and have fun with something for two hours. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I recommend it. It gets, it gets a solid and confident thumbs up for me. All righty. Well, then we'll move on to a movie we both can gush over Halloween. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis was the best superhero uh, character of the year. Hey, I'll agree to that, brother. The Halloween 2018, uh, I guess, reboot or nostalgia reboot slash, you know, legacy sequel, since it, it does take place after the original movie, but it ignores, it retcons every other movie that came after it, um, which, you know, it's it, it was nice to just kind of go in with a clean slate, but not like, go over the top like the Rob Zombie remakes did. Um, I mean, the Rob Zombie remakes were really just... I only ever saw the first Rob Zombie remake, and I was just kind of like, yep, that's a Rob Zombie movie. Like, it, it was yeah. very whatever. Um, 
But this one, this one really brought the series back to the roots uh, that started the whole franchise. Like, you know, it got rid of the whole like mystical cult curse of thorn that, you know, got introduced with, you know, four five and six. And it, it got rid of the, you know, all that nonsense. It's just very much like, Hey, this Michael Myers dude is just like a weird nut job who just goes around and kills people. And the dude's built like a fucking tank and nobody can seem to take him down. Yeah. Um, and you know what? It was simple and effective. And I like, I like the, the whole premise of like, nah, he's, you know, they got it. They, they arrested him that night and he's just been locked up in this place. Hasn't said a word in like 50 fucking years. And like, it just like that, that scene when he first gets out and like he, he kills that mechanic and takes his suit and he's just like dropping those teeth in the bathroom mm-hmm. stall. Mm-hmm. That scene, that scene fucking got me. Um, yeah. And like, I, I would definitely really love to watch this again, especially with the sequel coming up here in a couple weeks. Um, and then the third one comes out, what, tw- next year or the year after? Yeah, next year. Next uh, year. Halloween well, ends. Well, I don't know. I don't know, like, with COVID, if they got to, like, take it slower and it'll right. come out in two years, but I'm unsure. Right. Um, I mean, it was just also really nice to get because they got Jamie Lee Curtis back, which was awesome because they had got Jamie Lee Curtis to come back to the series once before with uh, H2O 20 years later, which was mm-hmm. an all right movie. You know, it was, you know, take it or leave it. And then they got her to come back again for the sequel to that, which was uh, resurrection, which was kind of a garbage movie in all honesty. Um, and like, I could like Jamie Lee Curtis did not like that movie at all. Like her, her whole condition for coming back was you got to kill me in like the first scene <laughs> and they yeah. did. Um, so if like this did her and her character a lot more justice than either of those movies, in my opinion, um, cause in H2O, she's still just like this, she's still the scared teenage girl who's like just running from this killer and doing what she can to save you know, instead of the kid she's babysitting, her actual kid. Um, but in this one, like, she's a legit, you know, badass who borders on fucking paranoid and just has PTSD and is just going all out like she's ready for fucking war when she's gearing up in that compound that she calls a house. Like, I mean, she's she she basically grew up to become a justified doomsday prepper. Yeah, and it's it, it did her and her character a lot more justice in this movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, no, I I was relieved to hear that they were doing they were just doing a direct sequel to the first film um, and the only one that John Carpenter made. Um, a lot of people kind of I feel like some people are mistaken on that. that They're like, oh, yeah. And then he made the second one and then he was done. No, he didn't even make the second one. And then I also like he was how- still pretty, he was still heavily involved with, the, with its production, though. Sure. And, but that being said, I do like how, I mean, one, it acknowledged that even the, the original second film wasn't all that great. Um, uh, I, I've, I've only seen the original other than this one. I've only seen the first one. I haven't seen any of the others. I I just had this sense where like, I didn't have to bother, you know, that there's, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to sit down and watch them all sometime, including part three. Part three is an underrated gem. Um, (laughs) Well, since we're on the topic of that, 
I hear part three is as like its own standalone movie in its own right. If yeah. if you're not if if you don't have like the pre um, the pre established um, uh, expectation or disappointment of where's Michael Myers, as long as if if you're able to just not give a shit about the existence of Michael Myers for a couple hours, it's actually a solid movie. Yeah, because for those who don't know, the original idea for the Halloween franchise was it was going to be an anthology series where each movie was going to be a different story about something happening on or around Halloween. Halloween 3 has absolutely nothing to do with Michael Myers, and it takes place pretty much in like a different universe. And like people, it, it got shit reviews when it came out because of that. So they brought Michael Myers back with part four and then people gave, you know, the movies after that, not so great reviews because they got tired of seeing Michael Myers. It's like, what the fuck do you people want then? <laughs> like, Yeah. Well then, and then also, I mean, not to keep like, um, curb stomp in number two, but I feel like that's another sin of number two where I feel like they shot themselves in the foot there where if you wanted to do that route, if you wanted to go that path of like each film is its own story, then you should have just had, you know, Halloween three season of the witch be the second film, but by having that sequel where Michael Myers comes back, it's like, well, you did kind of like confuse people then. Yeah. But in defense of that part two spoiler, it, it, it does like basic, it, it does pretty much like legit kill him at the end of two. Like it very much implies that he is legit dead. Right. And I guess six to one, half a dozen of the other, but yeah. um but yeah, but, we'll, we'll have to sit and watch the whole franchise sometime because like yeah. two, two, two's decent, two's good, um, three is good in its own right, four mm-hmm. is four is decent, five is okay, six is kind of a turd, H two O is okay, and Resurrections a turd. Right. Well, <laughs> that with that being accepted, <laughs> um, I. I, I was just like, yeah, I saw the original. I saw the classic. I guess, like, I could just stop there because that was the one that received, like, universal, like, um, approval from even critics. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I do like how them going back to just the first one and only the first one reminded people of how there is nothing in the first movie that establishes that that's, that she is Michael Myers's sister. Like yeah. they didn't bring that into it until the sequels came in, um, and and people kind of needed to be reminded of that. And that that was in the very first trailer. They wanted to like drop that bomb right away. Like I heard it was her brother. No, that's just some story that somebody made up. Like I was like, okay, so so this revival, this new film. Now that we're finally talking about 2018 again, mm-hmm. this revival's like, you know, really really like not giving a shit about the the fan lore or whatever. Right. Um, and I thought it was good. I liked it. I, I thought it was solid. Um, it, it was, it was wonderful hearing, uh, a John Carpenter score again. Um, and it's like, I think they handled Jamie Lee Curtis's character very well where it's like, and, and again, I didn't see H2O. I don't know what she's like in that movie, but to go through what she went through in the events of 1978, you would not grow up to be a normal person after that. Like that would very much take a toll and echo and ripple throughout the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought they handled that really smart. Um, And I guess just to wrap it up, my only critique of this film is there's a certain moment 
there's a certain moment that like, I absolutely hate. And it's when that one crate, that one doctor like flip flops and he's like, surprise, I want, uh, I'm, I'm obsessed with Michael Myers and I'm willing to kill a cop and I'm yeah, yeah. you know, actually on his side, but I'm not. And I want to hear him talk, but you know, like, and he kind of long story short, he gets his head stomped by Michael Myers's big ass fat foot and <laughs> his, his head just smashes like a pumpkin. And I'm sure that was the intention, but, um, aesthetically, I just thought that was really stupid because I watched that one. That's just fucking gross. Like even for a Halloween movie, I, I, I just thought like the original would have been a little more like classier than that. And two, I was like, that whole moment just felt like a, a Rob Zombie moment. Like that didn't even feel like a John Carpenter moment. That just felt like a Rob Zombie moment. And um, on the topic of Rob Zombie, I don't think white trash should count as a sub uh, section <laughs> of the horror genre. It's like, it's like, ooh, it's so scary. No, it's just trashy. That's not the same thing. Like there's a yeah. difference between being suspenseful and thrilling and just being like trashy and gross and sleazy. Like that's yeah. not horror. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's a nice guy in real life, but his aesthetic, his aesthetic and style just doesn't do it for me. But well, I am quote, on the topic of Rob Zombie, the quote previous guest Kyle Reyes. You ever just look at somebody and know they don't smell good? I, I just he he just seems like the patron saint of um <laughs> a trailer park thriller. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But. But yeah, <laughs> that was my um, nickname in high school. Cheesy Pete. <laughs> well, well, next movie. Mission Impossible Fallout. I have not seen any of the Mission Impossible movies. Um, it's not really something that's ever been on my radar. It just kind of like to me, they especially the later ones, the last few just kind of seem like more intelligent, Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, they just aren't movies that have ever grabbed my attention or been on my radar. So I have not seen a single one of these. Well, I will say without seeming condescending, um, or condemning, you are missing out my friend. It is an absolute blast. Um, uh, you know, I'm going to counter your Halloween offer with, um, we got to watch these sometime. You can, the thing There's is what five can, of them now you can skip the first two movies and just go straight to three. Three is when it finally found it's, um, it's, it's rhythm and beat. Um, that was the first one produced by bad robot. And that was the first film of JJ Abrams. And I, I know you have, I know how you feel about him right now. <laughs> yeah. I know how you feel about him right now. But this was his first film. This was before he pissed anybody off. And and uh, no, watch the third. Start with the third one and take it from there. Because a popular opinion is this is a franchise that only got better. Um, kind of like how people, you know, really liked Fast and Furious five, six, and seven more than the ones before it. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, this is probably like the Tom Cruise movies to watch. Um, and uh, it's, you know, um, yeah, the, the third one was J.J. Uh, Abrams. Philip Seymour Hoffman was the villain. He's probably still the best villain at this point. May he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. But um, 
And then the fourth film, that one was directed by Brad Bird. And uh, I know that you're a big Simpsons fan, Donnie. He, a lot of his animation sensibilities bleed through in live action. And it's kind of fun to see. Um, and then he just kind of, <laughs> and then, and then, he, he, and then like, he made Tomorrowland, which was the best nap I ever, which was the best nap I ever had. <laughs> um, and then the fifth film, Rogue Nation, was was good. Um, I think the two before it were better. But onto this one, I mean, Donnie, this film fucks so hard. Like Tom Cruise in this movie. When I hear Daniel Craig being like, "I need to retire," I mean, playing James Bond is starting to really hurt and stuff. It's like, you pussy. (laughs) Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise is skydiving from the edge of the atmosphere. And no, he really did that shit. Like Tom Cruise is absolutely insane. He's nuts. He is crazy. But when it comes to stunts, stunts, he is the real damn deal. Like the action in these movies, these are the best action movies of the, the last decade of the 2000s even the action in these movies are better than any action practical action you will see in a superhero movie like marvel studios has not produced a single fight scene that is anywhere near these movies i'm sorry i'm calling them out on it now they're good movies but when it comes to the action department they are vanilla they are mayonnaise like these films <laughs> these films have big old balls. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I don't want to spoil anything because this this one more so than the other ones is kind of spoiler heavy. But I saw this in theaters, um, you know, the week after it came out. Luckily, none of it was spoiled. But I can't tell you the last time, I can't tell you the last time a movie, a blockbuster film had me on the edge of my seat. Literally, I was like, what is going to happen? Like all the stunts, all the moments masterfully done. I can't recommend it enough. All right. Well then we'll move on to the next movie. Fantastic beast and where to find them. The crimes of Grindelwald. Now I saw the first fantastic beast movie and I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. And I thought it was a nice like first step into a wider, like, wizarding world expanded universe kind of deal and you know and they were like okay we're gonna make a sequel i'm like okay cool i'll totally go see it and crimes of grindelwald is such a mixed bag for me um because i feel like from a plot direction standpoint it is an improvement over the first movie like it's it's got you know much darker themes we actually see grindelwald like actually doing shit and like we like that that opening act where he fucking just straight up murders that baby like holy fuck um but then like from there, there's a lot of like other moments where it just really like it's all it almost becomes laughable like when he's taking huge fucking hookah rips off, off from a skull to tell the future i'm like what the fuck is this movie doing <laughs> like i know this is supposed to be magic and everything but that was the silliest shit i've ever seen um and there's just like a lot of little things that just like it, when it when it starts inserting like characters and stuff from the the Harry Potter books like Professor McGonagall and shit like that. It's just like these characters, like it, it's like literally impossible for these characters to be here at this point in time. Um, it, it's just 
it is such a mixed bag. In a lot of ways, it is better, and in a lot of other ways, it is not. Um, so I, I just really, I really need to watch this movie again. I saw it in theaters, and then I saw it again, like maybe a year after, on HBO, and I still don't feel like I've fully digested it. It's, it is a very mixed bag of a movie. Um, the third one is supposed to come out next summer. I'm interested to see how that one's going to go. Um, but, you know, it's... I, I know you got some some opinions about this movie, so I'll go ahead and let you get into it. Yeah, I mean, I... I, <laughs> I, I don't want it to sound like I'm coming for you or, or whatever, but, um, yeah, I, I don't like these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is like... If you ever wanted to ask yourself... What if the Harry Potter universe had its own version of Attack of the Clones? Wonder no more. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I'm going that far. In fact, I'm pumping the gas even harder right now. Um, it, it is the episode two of The Wizarding no, World. No, no. Um, that, that's the Half-Blood Prince, my friend. You're right. You're right. No, that's not fair. That's not fair. Because when I watched Attack of the Clones, there were moments where I felt genuine joy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with this, I was just looking at a um, a foggy toilet bowl that like <laughs> ten different people had shit in. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's just one of those things where it's like this didn't even feel like a movie. I don't even feel like I watched a film. I just watched like shapes on screen move and make noise um it, 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 you know it's, it's like kind of like on the other side of the spectrum is the later transformers movies it didn't so much as like you know wake me up and give me a migraine it, it just puts me to sleep i care about virtually none of these characters um i think almost nobody does a decent job I like I like the big guy from Fanboys and um, Take Me Home Tonight and Balls of Fury. I like him. Um, Dan and, Fogler. Uh, yes, Dan Fogler. I think he's. I feel bad for him because it's like, man, of all the you know the ten pole Warner Brothers franchises to be a part of, he gets stuck here. And then with Ezra Miller, I think it's a waste of Ezra Miller because Ezra Miller is, as we saw in you know at him as the Flash, like. He has so much more energy to offer than what he has here. And I guess you can say, well, that's him trying to have range. Um, I just feel like that's him just having no energy. Well, I mean, his, um, his character, <coughs> excuse me, his character is not exactly supposed to be dynamic. I mean, I, I guess um, I can't remember what his character is even supposed to do, but and then the I re I, another thing that's like I really fucking hate the the plot twist concerning Ezra Miller's character at the end of the movie that he's like that it, he's Dumbledore's brother or whatever I'm like that is literally fucking impossible I'm like I, I think J.K. Rowling outsourced the the script to <laughs> to fan fiction writers I I don't even remember that that was a part of it Donnie thank yeah. you for reminding me um uh. I'll do absolutely nothing with that memory, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's, and then, oh, man, Eddie Redmayne in these movies, I, I can't stand him. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I don't think any, I, I honestly, and I went on a rant about this guy. 
I would rather root for Ted from How I Met Your Mother. I mean, he is wow. just of, of main characters for me to just have such a lack of like for. Um, and then the character who plays his brother, he looks more like he's his stunt double. <laughs> like, and I know you could say, well, yeah, they're supposed to kind of look alike. Like, you know, they're supposed to be brothers. Of course, they resemble each other. They have the same parents. No, it's in like he he looks like him, like he can stand in his place. But then I look at this other guy and I'm like, I don't believe that you're a real actor. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm sorry. I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm really like, <laughs> I'm really, um, I'm really like uh, beating the shit out of this movie, but it, it had to be said. Um, <laughs> so the crimes of Grindelwald, <laughs> if only the film was as bubbly and, and goofy as the subtitle, but yeah. Um, You'll have to let me know what you think of the third film, Donnie, because life's too short, and I'm not spending my money on that. <laughs> I thought you said you weren't coming for me. I, I, I'm not coming for you. I'm just not coming for this movie, as in what? I'm not fucking going to it again. <laughs> let's move oh, on I need to, to calm down now. Let's move on to uh, the, the other... Uh, the other joint project between Warner Brothers and the Depp family, Aquaman. Oh, <laughs> yes, I, I agree with your sentiments the other day. Way to shoot yourself in the foot on two different franchises, WB. <laughs> yeah, they they fired Johnny Depp from the uh, Fantastic Beast movies because of the allegations. Even after they fired him, after he produced proof that he was the one getting abused. So after he produced proof that he was innocent, they fired him and then said, straight up said the fans, we're not caving the fan pressure when they started demanding them to fire Amber Heard from Aquaman 2. It's like, wow, <laughs> somebody, it must be opposite day at Warner Bros. I'm, I'm convinced one of the fucking Animaniacs is actually running that company now. Um, <laughs> but on the subject of Aquaman... I liked Aquaman a lot more than I thought I would. I remember seeing that first trailer for this movie and just laughing my fucking ass off at it. Like everything about it just looked so fucking goofy. And like I peaked when they showed black Manta shooting those fucking laser beams out of his eyes. I'm like, that's a fucking Scooby-Doo villain. That is the silliest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why out of all these comic book movies, that is the silliest shit I've ever seen. But I'm just like, that is a Scooby-Doo villain. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. I don't know. Just his suit just made me think of that old like ghost scuba diver like guy from that like I think it was like the very first episode of Scooby Doo. Do you remember what I'm talking about? I I know what you're talking about, but you're almost acting like this film <laughs> Black Mantis didn't exist before this film. Like his suit is very comic book accurate. I'm I'm aware of that now. I I wasn't aware of the character's existence. That's why it was so funny to me. Like that is how little I knew it? about Aquaman before the before this movie. Well, because I, I guess because I because I the, because I didn't give a shit about Aquaman. <laughs> well, I guess you didn't see the Super Friends, but yeah, he was in the Legion of Doom and the Super Friends. I might have watched the episode or two as a kid. It wasn't like heavy rotation in my childhood, yeah. but. Yeah, like I wasn't aware of the character at all, so that's why seeing that in the trailer, it <laughs> it caught me off guard, and it looked fucking silly. Um, uh, but Aquaman, like I saw, I finally saw it a couple weeks ago before we talked about the DC Universe on the Ridiculous podcast. So I had a debate that we totally won, um, and Aquaman, 
it, it's a decent movie. I mean, there's a lot of moments where it's not even that the CGI looks bad on its own. It's that there's a lot of set design and aesthetic choices that make the CGI look way worse than it actually is. Um, like the the best example I can think of is when they first have uh, Arthur like chained up in the throne room, and it's just like all that bright white just everywhere. Just it really it is a really fucking ugly scene, and like distractingly so. And there's just a there's there's a lot of scenes like that throughout this movie, but like well, especially if like if they're deep underwater, it's like where's all this natural sunlight coming from? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but on, no, I liked it a lot more than I thought I w- thought I would. It's it's a cool movie. Um, it actually made me care a little bit about Aquaman. I mean, mission accomplished on that front. Um, there are a lot of hammy and goofy moments in this movie, but I mean, hey. Sometimes, sometimes you just gotta have have a little bit, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely it's a goofy movie. Like yeah. this movie is an absolute goober of a film. <laughs> but it's like what Michael said; it's about as good as they'll ever do with Aquaman. Like, yeah. <laughs> they won't make a better Aquaman movie than this. That I mean, he's like, it's a superhero that has the same abilities as SpongeBob. There's not a lot to do with that. <laughs> as of course as the guys who we totally beat in a debate would say he doesn't talk to fish he tells fish what to do um uh, okay nice double talk though i mean i mean that's nice and all but the terrorists are on land so (laughs) i I don't know what he's gonna do with that oh (laughs) but yeah no this film is basically underwater he-man and the masters of the universe yeah um but it's it's a hammy movie. It hams it up, and you know what? I respect that. I would rather that than an Aquaman film that tried way too hard to take itself way too seriously. Um, I think Jason Momoa is a fun, charismatic character actor here, um, and a fun man. I, uh, huh? And a fun man. There are so many stories of him just being a, just being a total goofball in real life. I he just seems like the guy that everybody wants to be BFFs with. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, and then, I mean, the, the scenes that just absolutely, um, wound me is, (laughs) especially when like the villain, um, King Orm played by Patrick Wilson, who I know that you always say like Patrick Wilson's the last guy you would expect to see as a villain. I think that was the point. They wanted to go with like a Prince Charming type guy who's Mm -hmm. just a villain, Mm -hmm. but he hams it up so much. And you can tell. It, it would have seemed impossible. It would have sounded impossible. Patrick Wilson probably had more fun in this movie than Jason Momoa himself. Like you can tell he's just having an absolute blast, but he's delivering these like classic cliche bad guy speeches while he's like doing little kicks underwater. Like he has to like swim or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't take you seriously if you're like almost doggy paddling. <laughs> um, and then the scene where um Nicole Kidman, you know, starts to starts to cry a little bit and she she wipes it <laughs> off her cheek and she goes where i come from the current carries our tears away and i'm just like oh my god <laughs> i can't tell you the last time i was laughing so hard in a superhero movie like it is just so cheesy it's so corny um yeah it's it's but you know what 
you had to make an Aquaman movie campy. You had to you had to embrace it. You had to own up to it, and you had to embrace it. And once again, this is about as good as they'll ever make an Aquaman movie. Um, so yeah, hopefully the second film will stay on the same the same level, the same energy. But um, but yeah, it's 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 not great, but it's it's a fun time. It's a it, fun time. It doesn't it doesn't get into why he's the only one that can talk to fish, does it? I, I just thought it was about him being like the chosen one of like the lost throne or I guess some, something to do with the trident or Yeah. I uh, Man, I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't talk to fish, he tells them what to do. All right, well, you know, Isis is really scared out in the desert about that. <laughs> You know, it's just one of those things where it's like, why does Bruce Wayne have, like, the most superior immune system above any other man on Earth? Like, because he he's just rich. does. Yeah, I guess he's just rich, but also, like, I mean, that's Batman's real superpower is, like, he has a perfect immune system. How does that guy never get a um, uh, a seasonal cold or a, a sinus headache? Just a lot of vitamin C. I mean, you can't tell me that guy has a healthy sleep schedule. His sleep schedule is absolutely wrecked, but he never gets sick. That's why he didn't get COVID, because he, he gained immunity beforehand by eating all those bats. I need this to move on. <laughs> well, then we will move on to the next movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. And I, I fucking... I was about to see this movie opening weekend... But I got stood up on a date for it, so I didn't go. And maybe that's why I haven't actually sat down and seen it since. Um, but I really want to because I'm a huge fan of Queen. And, I mean, they announced this movie, like, what, 2010? And I, I remember when they first announced it, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was supposed to be Freddie Mercury. And I was like, yo, that's fucking perfect. Like, I'm not a fan of his movies too much, like you know, Borat and Bruno and all that. I'm like, they're, they're all really the same movie when you break yeah, it down. Yeah. But him as Freddie Mercury? No, that's fucking perfect. And then like a yeah. couple years went by and they're like, no, like no word of the movie had been, you know, nothing new on the movie. But they're like, no, we're still doing it. We're still doing it. And then finally we got the news that he like dropped out of the movie over creative differences with the band. So I'm like, well, fuck, I guess that movie's never being made. But then they were like, no, we got a new guy. Uh, I don't want to butcher his name, but the lead actor from Mr. Robot, um, and they got him. I'm like, all right, that that could be that could be you know just as good. And I, from what I heard, it's a pretty solid movie. Um, I definitely will have to sit down and watch it, and I really do want to sit down and watch it sometime. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it it's an entertaining movie. Um, it obviously has a lot of it takes a lot of liberties historically. Mm -hmm. Um, like for example, there's a scene where, and you can tell the other members of the band had a lot of creative control over the story because there's moments that Freddie Mercury is the main character, but it seems biased against Freddie Mercury where there's a scene where he wants to have his own solo album and they're like, how can you do this to us? Like, but what the movie fails to mention is that at that point when Freddie Mercury was trying to have his own solo album, other members of the band had already done their own thing. Mm -hmm. So that's a very unfair piece of information to omit. Yeah. Um, is, and as far as Rami Malek, I think there's a lot of moments where he does do a really good job. And then there's other moments where he just, 
I don't know if he deserved best actor for this movie because I want to say there's a difference between giving a thoughtful performance and just doing an impression of somebody. And there's a lot of moments where he's not perform. He's not giving a performance as Freddie Mercury. He's just doing an impression of Freddie Mercury. And then even like the reel that they used at the actor, the, the Oscars, when they were like, you know, doing the actors who were up, um, his, his Oscar reel is just a scene where it's his silhouette at a piano and he's lip syncing to Freddie Mercury. He's not doing his own thing. He's not singing in actuality. He's lip singing, lip syncing. And I'm like, that's not acting. That's lip syncing. Like it just seemed unfair in a way because, and I know this guy, you know, went on to not be a good example of a human being, but when Kevin Spacey played Bobby Darren in the film Beyond the Sea, he's really singing those songs. Like that's Kevin Spacey singing and he had a pretty damn good voice. In fact, I would dare say some of Kevin Spacey's covers were superior. Like him doing Splish Splash, like that sounded better than Bobby Darren himself. And um, I guess those are my main feelings on Bohemian Rhapsody. It's, it's entertaining, but... I feel like ultimately its execution is a little problematic to say the least. All right. We'll move on to the last movie of the evening, Deadpool two. And I finally sat down and watched this last night, been meaning to for a while. And I finally did last night. And it's, it's weird. I said, I, I, as soon as I finished it, I messaged you and I said, I feel like Fox like cut the budget on this movie, which, you know, you, you informed me that, the opposite was the case. They actually increased the budget, but something about this movie, like, you know, and you had told me it was not as good as the first one, but not only is it not as good as the first one, I would say it is like, it's probably a couple steps beneath the first one. Like I would agree with that. Yeah. Like first off the CGI just really seems to take a downgrade in this movie. Um, like there's some shots like close-ups of Colossus's face where some it just doesn't look right. Uh, same thing with Juggernaut and like when they're when Juggernaut and Colossus are fighting each other, like their movements are just really weird and kind of jerky. Like it's it something about it just does not look right. And you know I I just noticed moments like that with the CGI throughout the whole movie. Um, also I just feel like the something about the humor just got a lot more juvenile in this one compared to the first one, like similar senses of humor. But with the first one, there was more, I guess there, there was some more wit behind it. Whereas this one, it just kind of felt like just a lot more randomness and that combined with a lot of the camera angles and the cinematography, like there's a, like a lot of this movie really feels like a, like one of the films in the scary movie franchise. Um, like I, I don't want to say I didn't enjoy Deadpool two, but I really would like I, I I'd be okay because I was thinking like because they are planning a third Deadpool movie with Ryan Reynolds to integrate him into the MCU, and they have said it will be rated R. And I was just kind of like, mm-hmm. I wonder if they're going to continue the story setup with one and two. And I'm just kind of like, you know what? I'd be okay if they didn't. Like in all honesty, I'd be okay if they just started fresh. Um, Deadpool two just. I would honest, I would go as far as to say it was a disappointment. Especially, you know, after watching Deadpool one, like 
I've mentioned before, I'm not a huge fan of Deadpool the comic character because I kind of feel like he's written for sixth graders. Um, but the original Ryan Reynolds Deadpool movie, I feel like had a lot more intelligence to that kind of sense of humor. And then Deadpool 2 just kind of regressed itself back to that juvenile, um, those juvenile themes. And also that fucking kid that he's trying to save the whole movie, Fire Fist, he was fucking annoying. Near, near the end of the movie, I wanted Cable to fucking kill him. Um, <laughs> he annoyed the fuck out of me. And then Cable just kind of feels like whatever, like, and I think this is kind of, Cable's just kind of a whatever character by default. Like, Cable's been around for like 30 fucking years, and I bet any, even hardcore fans would be hard-pressed to tell you what Cable's powers actually are. Um, I mean, it's, it's just, there's just a lot about this movie that just did not do it for me. I mean, yeah, this is one of those rare times with a movie where you i'm right there with you like you and i seem to be on the same page with this movie um i think like when it comes to if deadpool if the first deadpool is a solid a this film's a solid c yeah. i wouldn't call it like a failure but it's just it's just whatever yeah um it's and this film reinforces that classic age-old moral of sometimes less is more um with the first film, like they, you know, there was less to it, but it just felt like there was more to it. And with this film, they do the whole time travel thing. They do like the Terminator plot and there's the big prison riot. And it also, re it also rehashes a lot of the jokes from the first movie too. Yeah. Um, and, and will the director from the first film, like step down? Like he, like, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't remember the exact reason why. I don't know if it was because he wanted it to be even bigger or he didn't want it to be bigger. I don't know which one it was. I don't know if like they wanted to do more and he was like, no, let's just keep with the less is more approach or if he wanted to even go bigger and all out and larger than life and they didn't. I, I, can't, I can't remember why he stepped back, but you can feel his absence. And then Ryan Reynolds helped pen the screenplay for this film mm -hmm. and i think like one of the final drafts was primarily his influence and you can just tell ryan reynolds was feeling like fan pressure of like oh i have to be like you know i have to go all out on being myself you know like he, mm -hmm. he really was feeling himself i guess i don't know but it um it lacks the pleasant surprise that the first film had the first film was at a disadvantage but at the same time it had an advantage um, you're still there, right? Yeah. Okay. I did. There's, there's a thunderstorm going on where I am. So I just wanted to make sure we didn't lose each other. But, um, the first film had like that great presence of ple present, uh, pleasant, sorry, pleasant surprise aspect to it where there's very little reason why that first film should have worked out, but it did like that first film should have been a failure and it wasn't mm -hmm. In this film. There was more of an expectation with it. And I, again, like, I, I don't want to talk in circles. I guess it just lost some of its magic. Um, it just didn't have, it couldn't capture lightning in a bottle all over again. So I guess that's it. And yeah, no, the first film is definitely way funnier. Yeah. So, and, and Josh Brolin is cable. That sounds awesome. Like when you first hear that, when you first heard that they were going to do that, you're like, oh, that's awesome. And then when you finally get to see it, you're like, yeah, he was cool, I guess. <laughs> Go so. back to being Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. 
So. I'm I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with Deadpool in the MCU though. Um, I like that video they put out recently where they had a Deadpool and a Korg. Yeah. Yeah, I forget what they were like watching and reviewing. Um, but that that was a funny little video, and I'm like, okay, if that's the kind of stuff we can expect from MCU Deadpool, I'm for it. Yeah. And they they said he, he it will be a rated R movie, which that was the main th- that was the main thing when Disney bought Fox. A lot of people were like, oh great, so like Deadpool's not going to happen anymore, and if he is, it's, it's going to be PG thirteen. And they were like, no, it, we're going to keep doing R rated Deadpool. I'm I'm actually okay with the one fan idea or request where Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool should become the new cameo in in place of Stan Lee. Yeah, like, no, I would be all about that. Like Deadpool's randomly in like the nearby store that sees what's going on through the window, or yeah. you know, like he's just like the cameo character. I'm and, completely and, fine with that. And the thing is, like, you know, Ryan Reynolds would be fucking down to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one, it would be the easiest money he ever made. Yeah, and two, it would be very on brand. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm for it. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely down to rewatch the first film. I'm completely fine if I never see the second film again. And I know it sounds like I'm trashing it and saying it's shitty. I'm not. It's just, I'm just painfully, numbingly, painfully yet numbingly indifferent towards it now. That's that's where I am with, with both of those movies. Yeah. Well, then we'll move on to TV of 2018. Just got three shows that uh, started in 2018, and they were all on Netflix um, I think this is when Netflix really like started exploding with having original content, um, because this is like right after Stranger Things really blew up. But we got my next guest needs no introduction with David Letterman. This is like the first thing he did after he uh, got done with the late night TV career. Um, and I never really, I, I was never, I never really watched Letterman that much. I don't really watch late night TV that much in general like Leno and Letterman and Conan and all that. Um, it's just not really something I really watch a whole lot of, but I liked this series and I mean, it's still going on. They just did a third season, um, but I like it a lot. Like it, it, it's really interesting seeing David Letterman in a much more intimate interview setting as opposed to what he was always doing on, you know, late night, you know, um, and I mean, the first episode was with Barack Obama right after, you know, he, he, his term as president ended and just got a whole, you got like both, you got the whole spectrum with the people he interviews on the show because first episode of season one is Barack Obama. And then the last episode of season one is Howard Stern. So you, you really get the whole spectrum, but it's, it's really interesting just seeing David Letterman in that kind of setting and, and just the interviews he has with the people he has on. Um, mm-hmm. And then second show is everything sucks, which I enjoyed it. It was a show about, you know, a group of high school students um, in the, in the nineties, just trying to, you know, do things that high school students do, figuring out their identities, their sexualities, their relationships with each other. It was a really interesting episode. And it was really cool seeing a, a show like that with the nineties as the backdrop of it. Um, you know, it did. It did have a lot of like. It, it did fall into a lot of the tropes of you know that kind of genre. Um, but once it finds its identity and its beat, it really like picks up. 
And I, it's a shame it got canceled after one season, especially since the season ends on a cliffhanger. Um, I really would have liked to have seen a second season, but I, I enjoyed the episodes we got out of it. And then mm-hmm. third one is Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And I need to go back and finish. I need to go back and watch the last season. But the first three seasons of this show are really fucking awesome. It's a shame that it ended because it was supposed to get a fifth and I think a sixth season, but it got canceled because of the pandemic. Um, but I remember when they announced, I was, it was like, you know, I was like Sabrina, the teenage witch as a Satanist, like ever, all the witches are Satanists. I'm like, Oh wow. You know, fucking try hard edge Lord. I was just like, that's going to be so stupid. That's going to be so cringy. And then I watched, I was like, Holy shit, this is fucking awesome. Like it does, it doesn't like lean into it too hard. It doesn't like take itself too seriously. Like it doesn't like get over the top or edge lordy about the whole Satanist occult thing. It feels very organic that that is like where these witches get their powers from. And it's it's really good. I really um, I really enjoy it, and I definitely recommend it um, to anybody. I really want to go back and watch that final season. But that is all I got to say about that. Um. Yes. So, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I thought you were going to do all the TV, but you were just doing TV that started, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll move on um, to end it after. But uh, so yeah, with TV that started, um, my next guest, it, it, I still haven't seen a full episode of it. Obviously, I've seen clips from like when he interviewed Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Um, Way to start out with a bang there, right? But, um, and then, but I did see a a lot of the episode where he interviews Kanye West. And they're in Kanye West's studio, his clothing studio. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that just stuck out is Kanye West is like going on and on about whatever. He's just talking about whatever the hell he's talking about himself. And, David, and then David Letterman tries to converse with him. So David Letterman tries to tell like his own point of view or story or whatever. And Kanye West listens to him with the most bored out of his mind look on his face. And it's just like, Kanye West, you really only like to hear yourself talk, don't you? Yep. Um, but, yeah, that's all I have to th- say about that. Like, I'll check it out eventually to watch a full episode. Um, and then Everything Sucks. I completely forgot that that show existed. I remember seeing, like, the little quick snippets of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked fun. Like, I, I would totally – I'll watch it eventually. I mean, it's kind of a – I guess it's kind of a buzzkill going in that, like, it – is it gets canceled, you know, it yeah. just ends. But um, yeah, no, I thought it looked cool. I was, I was willing to watch it before and I, I'll still try to now eventually. And then the chilling adventures of Sabrina. I, I, once again, I was right there with you in the beginning where it's like, they're going to make it real try hard edge Lord, but like Riverdale um, would, how, how much of it have you seen Riverdale? No, no, no. The, Sabrina. I have seen all except the last season. Doesn't it take place in the same universe as Riverdale? Yeah. And there is actually also a comic that continues the show after the last season. And there's a crossover comic with it and Riverdale getting ready to come out. And don't, um, don't like Josie and the Pussycats show up eventually or something? I don't think so. Okay. Because they're in... They're in um... They're in Riverdale. Um, I don't think they show up yeah. in Sabrina, I, unless I'm okay. forgetting that. I just I couldn't remember if it was just the same producers or if it actually did take place in the same like television universe. The same universe. Okay, that's interesting. At least, 
Um, but yeah, I'll check it out eventually. It's just my list is getting too big. As as Welcome the to my world, as the as the truly wise Hannibal Buress once said on the Eric Andre show, <laughs> they need to shut down production. Well, they did do that actually last year, but anyway, <laughs> and we still they, didn't catch up. We still didn't catch up. So you know what? I'm going to shut up. But his quote was. <laughs> They need to like stop production for like a year because there's so much I haven't seen, but I'm never gonna catch up. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's there's too much in my queue. But yeah, go ahead to what ended. All right, TV shows that ended in 2018: Star Wars Rebels. Um, I've seen probably about a season's worth of this show, and I like it a lot. I I plan on sitting down and binging the whole show from beginning to end at some point. Um, it's definitely one of the best Star Wars animated shows. Um, it did start like the Joker because Darth Maul is in the show and it takes place, you know, between episodes, uh, three and four of the movies and Darth Maul comes back and it just started the joke of like Darth Maul will literally never fucking die. Like, uh, I made the joke one time where I was like, I can't wait until the next season where we get to see Darth Maul hit by the death star beam and live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he does finally spoiler alert. Like he, he his as funny as it is, Darth Maul's character arc does have a very satisfying end in this series, and that's all I'll say about that. Um, but Star Wars Rebels, I did like a lot, and I do plan on watching it from beginning to end sometime soon. Uh, New Girl also ended in 2018. I've seen a handful of episodes of this show. I mean, Zoe Deschanel, she's funny. The the cast dynamic is funny. Um, it's, I've always, it's, it's never been a show like the few episodes I've seen, I've never sat down and watched them with full attention. They've always been background noises because my ex was watching it. Um, but we have a episode about, you know, our favorite TV shows coming up and you have tasked me with watching an episode of this. So I will finally have like a more fully fleshed out opinion of it by the time we get to that episode. Um, Another show that ended in 2018 is Adventure Time. I was a huge fan of Adventure Time when it first came out. Like I remember I saw commercials for it when it was getting ready to premiere, and I was just like, this looks kind of goofy, okay. And it hooked me. Like It just has a certain charm to it that's just really fucking silly, and you just fall in love with it. I will say there was a period for like a couple seasons where it kind of got its head up its own butt. Um, but then it kind of like you know got a little bit grounded back down to earth. And the latter half of it was good. I need to go back and watch that final season. And they're doing like random, like, uh, I guess like uh, TV movies that continue the story on HBO Max lately. Um, mm -hmm. I'll have to go and watch those. Um, but I, I enjoyed Adventure Time. It was it was really weird when they announced that, like, hey, this season's going to be the last one. Like, there's just something about it. It was like, wow, that's that, that really feels like the end of an era. Um but I, I enjoy Adventure Time, and I enjoy its quirky sense of humor. Um, and the final show that we both love that ended in 2018 was American Vandal. Um, that first fucking season was some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. Like, I remember when, <laughs> when, when that show got announced and they put out that trailer, you and I had the biggest case of the fucking giggles for, yeah. like, weeks leading up to the premiere of that show. Um we were just like, this is like the greatest idea ever. Like we were just like, we were Warner Hertz Herzog. This is cinema. Um, yes. Like, 
Oh my god. And that first season is like again, it is some of the funniest fucking shit I've ever seen. And it's just the concept and the premise of the show is just being a parody of those true crime investigation discovery shows taking place in a high school over who drew dicks on the teachers' cars. It's it's so fucking funny. Um and then the second season, I watched like the first two episodes of the second season, never finished it. Need to go back and finish it. You've told me it's not as good as the first season, but I don't know. It still seems like it's it's still got a lot a lot of legs to stand on. Um, mm-hmm. So that's all I got to say about that. Um, I also do want to mention. I noticed this. You know, this is kind of like the the time of like TV revivals because uh, the X Files, Murphy Brown, and Roseanne all had like revivals this year, and they all ended this year. Um, I just thought that was interesting that there were like these classic shows that they were like bringing back around this time as well um, for different reasons. Um, I mean, the X-Files had a revival like a couple years prior and those revival seasons are very hit and miss in my opinion. Um, and then, you know, the Roseanne <laughs> revival we found, we all know why that one got canned <laughs> after one season. I, I just, what did she think was going to happen? Right. Well, Hey, she thought the bitch was white. <laughs> And then also, no, she didn't. Um. <laughs> yeah, come on, Roseanne, we know better than that. And it's such a shame that that went down, you know, just a bit of a sidebar, because if you go back and watch, like, the original Roseanne seasons, like, one, it's actually really fucking funny. And if you go back and watch Roseanne when she was first starting out as a comedian, like, she was actually really fucking funny, and there was, like, nothing like her at the time. And also just the original Roseanne series was pretty progressive. Like it had a lot of progressive themes going on. So to just have like Roseanne turn around and become what she is now, it's, it's, it's really, it gives you whiplash almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, well, that's also another cultural event we missed out on was, why Roseanne was fired, but, um, I mean, we don't have to get into it. Y'all know what we're talking about, but, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, I mean, when that happened, she was fired. I was like, good, you know, I mean, it, it took him a while to fire. I think it took him a whole day. Like Christ, she would have been banned from club penguin faster. Um, <laughs> but I love I the was, reference. I was just like, why the fuck ain't y'all laughing? <laughs> You have, you have been banned for saying, get the fuck out of my way, you big orange cunt. <laughs> um, but John Goodman, why are you wasting time with this person? Like, please, <laughs> just just let it go. Oh, man, um, when, when, when they did that interview together on Jimmy Kimmel Live, you could tell John Goodman was just thinking, like, what happened to this person I used to love and admire? <laughs> um, but yeah. Star Wars Rebels. I don't. I think I just watched like the pilot. I think we watched the pilot episode we together. Did. We did. Yeah, it was just like we just really because it was only twenty minutes anyway, and we just randomly watched it. Um, it looked okay. It looked fine. Um, but uh, I like the video of Freddie Prince Jr. on a podcast being yeah. interviewed where he like tells off toxic fans. Yeah, I love that. Um, and then New Girl, great show. Um, it's. It's basically friends, but it's actually funny. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Like imagine, imagine friends, but funny, and imagine how I met your mother, 
but funnier. Uh, How I Met Your Mother had some some okay lines here and there, even though like I can't stand that Ted character. Um, but yeah, no, New Girl is the superior version of both of them combined. And I'm very excited for you to watch probably my favorite episode of the series. And then as far as like my thoughts on the, the series itself here now, um, it's good. The second to last season should have just been the final season. They do that thing where like the final season is only like, it feels like half a season. They only have like, like six or seven episodes or seven or eight episodes instead of like, you know, 10 to 13 episodes. And um, yeah, it just, it it reached a point where it should have ended, but it, it just kept going. Mm -hmm. And it's like, just go ahead and end it. It's okay. Um, But yeah, that's all I'll say without getting into spoilers there. Um, It's still on Netflix. I think it's, yeah, it's definitely still on Netflix. I'm sure it's on, it might also be on Hulu. Um, but yeah, no, if you're listening and you haven't seen it, check it out. It, it's a funny show. Like, stop rewatching The Office and watch something else. Um, but um, Adventure Time, I watched a couple episodes with you, Donnie. I thought it was charming. I enjoyed it. I haven't looked at a single episode since, but I'm willing to pick back up on it eventually, especially when Emma's old enough to watch uh, a few episodes here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally. The episode with the horse is probably my favorite. Yeah, yeah, that was a good episode. I remember that one. Um, <laughs> with Adventure Time, it's the episode with the horse, and with SpongeBob, it's the episode with the gorilla. Um, <laughs> but, but finally, the show that I waited so long to talk about, <laughs> American Vandal, was one of my favorite comedic shows (laughs) in a long time. Like I absolutely adore this show. The casting is perfect, especially um, Dylan. I forget what his last name is in it, but um, call ourselves the way back boys. (laughs) We call ourselves the way back boys because we go way Way back. Um, it's, uh, Jimmy Tatro is his name and he, he's the center of attention in the first film. Like it revolves around him. He is the suspect. He is, um, the defendant. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, he's not in the second season and it's like, well, yeah, why would they bring him back if it's about another case, another story, but you really feel his absence. Like it's, he, he was just so perfect in it. I remember when I saw him for the first time in 22 Jump Street, he was one of the, like, he was almost a background character who had like a little more lines than a background character. He was like one of the football players and he was, he was good in that. And I was like, man, I got to see you again. And he was in this and he knocked it out of the park. Like he is just, you can't help but wonder, are you just playing yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Um, this show is is an absolute masterful work of art. Um, <laughs> it's just because we saw Superbad and we loved the, the the backstory where Jonah Hill had to go to therapy because he drew dicks in his lunchbox. Yeah, and when we went to school um, in the mid two thousands, high school, you know, in two thousand five through two thousand nine, it was popular to draw dicks on shit, and and um, and when this show came out. It felt like it truly was um, the voice of a generation. 
<laughs> I was like, finally, they made a film. They made a show for those who survived dick drawings. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, this show will give you the case of the gigs more than anything else. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, he does a really good. Uh, um, he does a really good Kiefer Sutherland impression. So this voicemail is actually you. You left the Kiefer Sutherland voicemail. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was either me or Keith or Sutherland. <laughs> we got Jensen so bad, I thought he was going to die. <laughs> and then my favorite joke in the entire series, one of my favorite jokes ever. I have a very, I have a very weird sense of humor because what makes me laugh, and I, I think you picked up on it, Donnie, and you love it, and Trevor loves it, and Kogo will love it too. Um, is that I don't have a darker, morbid sense of humor. Um, in fact, I don't like most dark humor. I don't like most mean-spirited humor, bitter, petty, spiteful humor. I like weird, random little moments that just overshadow whatever the main overarching joke is. Um, it, it's hard to point out. None come to mind right now, but we'll be watching a movie and there'll be just this, this little detail and that little detail, even if it was accidental, I don't know if it was done on purpose. It just overshadows the main joke for me. And then I become obsessed with that part. Um, actually a good example would be in Chappelle show when most deaf shows up to uh, <laughs> poetry and he's, he's randomly dressed like a superhero and he has a cup of coffee and a cigarette and he's just screaming, are you ready for some poetry motherfuckers? Like, <laughs> that, that is funnier than the entire Because We're like one, why is he even wearing a superhero costume? Why does he have a coffee on stage? Why does he have a cigarette? Like, because he, 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 was, he was, he was stopping by before his shift waving the sign from Liberty Mutual. Yes, yes. You know, it's it's the kind of humor that allows us to create our own little headcanon and backstories with shit. But anyway, my favorite joke in American Vandal is when he's 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 working for Postmates. Yeah. And he, he delivers he delivers some <laughs> fast food. Just well the best was... the best part is the setup for it. When he's in the truck and he's like eating some of the he's like, they want to make sure you only take like a couple so you know they don't notice. Yeah, and then the guy's like, hey, can I have some? And he goes, no, nah, no, nah, man. If you take too many, they notice. And he's, like, shoving them in his face, like, whole yeah. handfuls. And so finally, <laughs> finally, he... <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop, up. Don't make me laugh. You're making me laugh. Okay, stop. You stop. <laughs> he goes up to the guy's door. And the guy just looks in the bag, and he looks at him, and he goes, "Did you eat my fries?" And he doesn't—he doesn't flinch. He doesn't stutter. He just looks him dead in the face and goes, "Yeah." I—I <laughs> like, I laughed at that until I was blue in the face. I had to pause the episode for like fifteen minutes because I absolutely fell in love with that little moment because. Because, and you can say this is me grasping at straws, splitting hairs. This is me like really overreaching. That moment sums so much, summed up so much about his character. Because I just love the irony of he's willing to lie about so many things in life. He's willing to lie about all these other things, things that he doesn't end up getting away with. But then there's this one thing that he could get away with if he tried. He could have just been like, hey, man, like, 
I just pick up the bag with your name on it and I deliver it. Half the time, I don't even know what's in the bag. I just deliver the food. I just have, I have a name, I have an address, I have a bag, and I just go there. You're looking at the wrong guy. But instead, he's like, yeah, fuck it, you caught me. Like, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was me. It was me. But, but he's willing to lie about so many other things. And that was just so beautiful about his character that, like, he really was an agent of chaos. He really was just a dog chasing a car. <laughs> and it was also sad how, like, because of that, because he was always caught in his lies, he thought that he would be able to be caught in his truth. He believed, well, if the system was able to prove that I wasn't innocent all those times, surely this time the system will be able to prove that I was innocent because I actually am innocent. But instead, he had to come to the realization that the system had a agenda against him and it was it was it was just a really good message on the justice system and judging people and i mean yes the whole thing is just a giant parody of making a murderer but it is genius and the way it mimics documentary filmmaking is just a chef's kiss like i love this movie i need to calm down you mean tv show <laughs> i need to i need to i, I watched it i watched Fun fact: I watched the second the second season all in one sitting. I uh, I love how after like his innocence gets proven and he's allowed to come back to school, he has like this moment where he realizes, oh wow, I have been a dick this whole time, so I'm gonna try to do better <laughs> during my last two weeks of school. Um, oh my god, yes, I love this joke too. Go ahead. <laughs> when, when they're sitting in like history class, the teachers is like, this such and such was caused by what? And he like raises his hand, Dylan, the War of eighteen twelve. No. <laughs> like, the, the way the teacher says it, like, he's not even just like, no, that's, that, it's actually, it'll just strip. No. Like, he can't believe that he gave that answer. No. <laughs> he, was, he was trying. Yeah. He was actually, he was actually trying. And <laughs> the teacher just shot him the fuck down. The one part, the one part also is like, they had to do like the CGI recreation of the summer camp and they have those yeah, two stick yeah. figures to reenact out the hand job. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's so unnecessary. It does not progress the plot at all. Like you could have just had two stick figures sitting right next to each other being like, Oh, this is where they did the deed or whatever. But no, they had to have the little animation of one stick figure giving the other <laughs> stick figure a hand job. <laughs> and when that, it, and when they put out that trailer, like you know, we might you might say the the second season is not as good as the first season, but when they put out that trailer and you and I saw the profile picture of the turd burglar, we screamed. It's it, they literally just photoshopped the poop emoji on Robert Stack. <laughs> like, no, but hold on, hold on, don't misinterpret, don't mistranslate me here. The second season is still enjoyable. It's just that first season is so magical. Like, but, you know, props to these writers and also like the marketing team. Like there is a lore behind the show because like all those like Instagram profiles that you see in the show, they actually exist. Like they <laughs> created several different Instagram profiles where they tag each other and reference each other. And like, you got to, you got to view certain posts in a certain order. Like, these people had way too much time on their hands, but <laughs> they, they should have done uh, one more season with them in college. Yeah. And find a way to bring back Dylan. <laughs> um, I don't know, but, but yeah, I am forever bummed out that 
the show was canceled, but I was at peace because I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I didn't want it to become the next workaholics where yeah. it just went, it just kept going and it went on for too long. And it became that guy you knew in high school where, you know, you think of them, how they were in freshman year. And then you see them again in senior year and you're like, wow, you, you really are just up to the same old shit, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, I, I throw the ball back to you. All right. Well, we will close out the show with music of 2018. Let's run through it here. Um, this is America by Donald Glover. The thing I remember the most about that song is like how mad conservatives got about it in the music video for it, um, which, I mean, the song itself is okay. Um, it's it's What's more important than the, the song itself is, is the lyrics and the messages behind it, which just really touches on a lot of shit that was going on during that year and going on now still in, in this country. Um and I just remember seeing conservatives all over the place getting mad about it. And I'm just like, it was just really a giant exercise. And wow, you guys are really missing the point here. Um, also, the album Scorpion by Drake came out. I I didn't listen to this. Just Drake's just not somebody I really listen to. Um, Rockstar by Post Malone. The main takeaway, the two main takeaways I took from this song are... Um, one, I can't understand what the fuck he's saying. And two, this song really just sounds like every fucking song I've ever heard in every bar and or nightclub ever. It's it just it just sounds very generic. Um, Africa by Weezer. I mean, Weezer's just a band that is famous for how mediocre they are, and this song continues that trend. Like, the second it was over, I immediately forgot about it. Um, it the, the song is very in one ear, out the other. And then Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. I am not a fan of Ariana Grande at all. Um, nothing against her. It's just not my style of music, personally. And I just, th- this song just didn't really connect with me at all. So that's that's what I got to say about music for this year. Yeah. Um, so This Is America by Childish Gambino or Donald Glover. Um, a really good music video. Um, very profound, very... I mean, it's hard hitting and um, yeah, but I just, this song, this music video was a, it's really a music video more than anything else mm-hmm. because the, it's the visuals of it that really like, but um, yeah, I mean, it was a Rorschach test for how people reacted to it. Yeah. And I remember one kid I worked with who, oh my God, just, he, he was a good kid some other times but then in this time he was like i just think he's trying to make money off of it and i'm like trying to make money off of what you know what's been going on and i'm like what are you talking about you know with police brutality and i'm like oh so you are acknowledging the existence of how the police are out of control right now no <laughs> um i so, what <laughs> 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 you almost had the point and then you tripped over it um <laughs> And then Scorpion by Drake. I mean, the song In My Feelings, that is the song that famously has him saying, Kiki, do you love me? Um, but yeah, no, it's... And then um, Nice For What is another one. I, I've, I've heard that Drake's probably super problematic in real life, um, but some of those songs, like, I gotta admit, especially a couple of these songs, like, they they get stuck in your head, man. Like they're, I don't know. They, they, they get pretty boppy. 
Um, well, maybe not Bobby, since a lot of them are slower, like depressing, <laughs> not even depressing. I don't know. Drake's kind of hard to describe. He's kind of like the anti Taylor Swift. Whereas with Taylor Swift, you know, the cliche, um, stereotypical Taylor Swift was we are never, ever, ever getting back together. Whereas Drake is like, please, let's just try one more time. <laughs> um, and Rockstar by Post Malone. I just remembered how this would be the song that Emma would fall asleep to, my daughter. Um, she would be in the car crying and whatnot. And Gabby, this by chance came on the radio and she calmed down and fell asleep. And it's like, of all songs, she is calmed by Rockstar by Post Malone. And the, um, the, the radio edit is almost unlistenable because they're bleeping, they're, <laughs> they're, they're bleeping out every other word and skipping it out. So at, at um, that point, and, it's like, well, why do you even have it? Yeah. What's the point? What's the point? Sean, it gets on Sean's nerves where it's like, I'll it up. What, it, what rock star. <laughs> <laughs> and then Weezer by Africa. Um, I think more than anything else, a sign of the times was that my wife worked with people who were under the impression that Africa was a new song. It's like, Oh wow. Yeah. It's like the song Africa by Weezer, you know? And like they weren't even aware that it was a song from the eighties. And then um Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. A great music video that like um does uh you know Mean Girls and and Clueless, I think was another one. But uh yeah, that's the one where she uh she uh dropped a few bombs on her exes, including Pete Davidson. Um but yeah, I mean Ariana Grande is what um, people tried to accuse Taylor Swift of being. She's she's a little pot stir. She likes yeah. to stir some shit. Yeah, um, which I mean, hey, yeah. I'll, I'll give her the pass with Pete Davidson because I'm not a, my my disdain for Pete Davidson knows no bounds. Oof, but yeah. I don't like him. That's all I have to say. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. You have Pete Davidson. And I have the Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's totally the same thing. Right. No, you're right, because, you know, <laughs> the crimes of Grindelwald made me want to do what Pete Davidson got in trouble for. <laughs> and you got to be a little bit more specific than that. Okay. <laughs> what's, your, what's your quote, though? Pete Davidson isn't funny. Yeah, Pete Davidson isn't funny. He's just ugly and on drugs. Um, for the record, I have no personal beef with Pete Davidson. And I saw that stand-up special he did, and I was just like, wow, you... Really think you're hot shit, don't you? <laughs> but that yeah. is our show for tonight. Good show tonight. And next week we will hopefully close out the uh, our retrospective of the 2010s with 2019. What a fun year. Um, <laughs> kind of sort of hard to feel nostalgic for that year already. Right. Yeah. Although, although it's weird. Like right now, just now, thinking about it, on the spot, it kind of feels like it was a lifetime ago, but then I, yeah, like, I feel like I'm, I'm going to have this, that, that kind of sentiment that you just mentioned once I start like building the list for that episode. Yeah. Um, I'm just relieved that we don't have to talk about, um, 2020 for at least like nine years. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm okay with skipping that for now. Um, but that is our show for tonight. And if you tuned in late, missed this episode, we will be live on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Pandora tomorrow. Um, my name is Don John. You can follow me on Twitter, 
Instagram, Facebook at Don John Laughs. You can follow my co-host BBJ at Puka Saucy on all those same social medias. And you can follow the Fat Minute at Fat Minute Radio on all those same social medias. So on that note, thank you. Fuck you. Good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 